Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and certainly hope you're enjoying your weekend. Well, nearly everything almost everywhere had to change very fast when the pandemic took hold a year ago. At the University of Kentucky, it meant a sudden halt to in-person classes and campus activities. It also meant a virtual commencement and athletic seasons that were interrupted and shortened by COVID-19. But it was also an opportunity for UK healthcare to shine and respond to a crisis. They learned a lot through research and even took part in trials that led the way to vaccines. Now things are looking up. University President Dr. Eli Capilouto has approved in-person graduations for this May and a return to normal for the fall semester. President Capilouto joining us today on Kentucky Newsmakers. And it's been a while, Mr. President. Thank you very much for being with us. Well, thank you, Bill. It's good to be back with you. You know, this truly has been a, a year of, of meeting the moment. When you reflect on the, on the year of the, the pandemic, what do you think of in terms of the way your students, your faculty, your staff stepped up and, and did what had to be done? Well, I'm filled with gratitude and pride. Um, you know, we only had a few days to pivot, to move everything online. We kept our educational programs going. Everything else we provide in the way of services with students, we had to do the same thing. We had to shut down many of our sort of in-person activities from academic programs to uh, healthcare, uh, but uh, you know, racing forward, we've learned a lot about uh, virtual learning and virtual care, telehealth. So, uh, what I look forward to is the silver lining that we're going to find coming out of this. How how do we enhance what we used to do uh, in in sort of one way pre-pandemic? Mm -hmm. How are we going to do it even better post-pandemic? Do you find that, that students and faculty share your optimism uh, for, for that as, as we, you know, like you say, we have learned a lot. Uh, do students feel that or is there still that feeling that, you know, they lost so much? I think all of us have to acknowledge um, something that was lost here. Uh, the interpersonal connections, which through our evolution we're wired for, you know, has been missing. And, you know, it's reflected any and everywhere you look in terms of increased uh, anxiety, depression, other types of emotional uh, distress. So I do think there's a great sense of optimism uh, as we vaccinate more and more people, um, the likelihood of uh, seeing one another again. Um, and albeit we have to still do this cautiously, this virus can still humble you any, in, on any given day. Be cautious as we further open. But I think reconnecting uh, is a sense of liberation, exhilaration that I feel. Well said, and uh, you know, as, you, uh, as we look around the world right now, there are some uh, countries that are uh, facing uh, some real upticks and, uh, and once again uh, having to take measures. So you're right, to caution uh, is the word. Uh, there will be uh, various studies, obviously, uh, Mr. President, going forward about uh, the impact of the pandemic, of what it had on learning and social and emotional well-being, as you uh, referenced. Uh, is it fair to characterize the students of this era uh, is being behind, uh, you know, in their lives, behind in their career paths, in their uh, their, their overall uh, trek in life, or is it like, you know, sidestepping a rock on a trail during a big hike and you just you just move right along? 
Well, let me say that, uh, you know, we have uh, at the University of Kentucky and across Kentucky, a broad spectrum of learners. So when you ask about students, I think we have to pause and think uh, where everyone is coming from, what circumstances they may find themselves in. We do know uh, through our K through 12 systems and uh, state and national information that this lost learning that people talk about took its heaviest toll on those who, you know, were not uh, able in many circumstances to take full advantage of what we were offering pre-pandemic. First generation, low income, students from minority backgrounds. Uh, and from what we can tell, uh, this pandemic has, um, you know, exacerbated challenges uh, that they face. Uh, everybody, regardless of their circumstance, going through this, it is my hope uh, that what we've learned in enduring the perseverance, the persistence that uh, many of us and many of our students had to find within themselves uh, will provide you know, a valuable experience that they take with them through life. This uh, has also been, you know, a year of division. It's been uh, there's been uh, there's been political division. There has been uh, uh, America having a reckoning with uh, with uh, some of its uh, history and so forth. And yet, UK has a very uh, diverse community. Uh, have there been conversations uh, on campus, and are there efforts going forward? You think to uh, uh, to try to resolve some of the unanswered. Uh, uh, questions and, and, and try to move forward and make progress? Well, this has me most encouraged. There are conversations going on, many of them difficult as we try to reconcile our past, our differences, and some of those things that were really, really uncomfortable to talk about. So we have efforts underway where we have some 500 people involved in a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, initiative. Uh, there are various uh, work groups tackling a variety of things. But what else I notice across this campus, sort of in every office, in every department, in many of our classes, people are taking it upon themselves uh, to address these matters. And so I think it's a marvelously uh, beautiful learning uh, experience that we're going through. Um, and some of it, certainly is fraught with tensions. We try to better understand how people with different experiences, histories, identities, uh, view the world, and how they can share those uh, with others to deepen our understanding and appreciation that, you know, uh, together uh, we're stronger. Uh, it's about our common humanity, and we can't find that uh, unless we broach all these serious matters. Do you think the uh, UK has the kind of divisions that you see, uh, you know, on, on, on many other campuses that, that play out? Uh, and, uh, you know, there are those who say uh, people don't have the right to save certain things, whereas others say universities should be a place of uh, free expression of, uh, of ideas and thoughts. Uh, I think universities are precious 
uh, because of the ability to have that free expression of thought. Sometimes we unwell, we, we don't find it within ourselves to welcome things uh, on which we disagree. But there are some principles of community we should follow in learning how to share those differences uh, between each other and among uh, groups. So I think universities uh, are a place where one can hone those skills about how you can constructively engage in dialogue and do it in a responsible way uh, without uh, diminishing um, those uh, matters which that we think are important to share but on which we may have differences. UK uh, dropped the ACT and SAT requirement that's uh, an option at least for the next uh, few academic years. Uh, is that because standard tests don't accurately capture a student's abilities or is it to remove an obstacle for uh, those who might have been stopped uh, by that requirement as far as uh, entry into college? You know, I look at this as uh, I do many things that uh, were ongoing pre-COVID and then COVID has accelerated. So years ago at the University of Kentucky, we developed something called a, sort of a high school or college readiness index, where we looked at data that weighted um, a student's grade point average along with these standardized tests. And based on that and how we would predict success, um, we gave much greater weight uh, to the grade point average as a predictor of success. So then with COVID and the disruptions and the inability of people to have sort of full access to these tests, uh, the right thing to do was to level the playing field, uh, use the information we had in terms of judging whether a student was ready for college and admission to the University of Kentucky. Uh, so I think our experiences are that, uh, yeah, uh, grade point average and other information we consider in a holistic review uh, are powerful uh, predictors of uh, readiness and success. Well, there are continuing expenses associated with the pandemic to, uh, to be sure with the cleaning and the social distancing and needing to be observed and so on. UK got money, uh, President Capilouto, from the CARES Act and from the second stimulus bill. Will the university benefit from this recently passed uh, almost $2 trillion COVID relief act? Uh, most certainly, and I'm grateful. We started all this back in March when there was great uncertainty about the availability of resources with a principle that said health and safety came first. Um, the last principle was finances come second, third, fourth, or fifth, and trying to keep everybody healthy. Uh, and so we expended uh, tens of millions of dollars in this effort. So we are pleased that we have received funds uh, to cover uh, much of that cost. And also these acts provided direct support to students so that they could offset the expenses they incurred uh, during this pandemic. And that will happen again, as you understand it from this act, they will get uh, some uh, direct payments? Yes, sir. We have a system that uh, we used in the first iteration. Uh, we know that if we target unmet financial needs, it dramatically increases student success 
And so we use that model within the federal guidelines in making uh, these dollars available to students. I want to talk with you about uh, the, the huge role that UK Healthcare uh, played uh, throughout uh, this uh, year of the pandemic and about uh, some of the bright days that you say are ahead. We are with UK President Dr. Eli Capilouto, and we'll come back with more on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers in just a moment. We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. And we're visiting today with University of Kentucky President Dr. Eli Capilouto, getting updated on what's happening on campus and really uh, the, the huge area that uh, the University of Kentucky uh, covers in the state uh, in many, many aspects. UK Healthcare, uh, Mr. President, was a tremendous resource during those uh, awful early dark days of the pandemic, especially and, and throughout the year. At one point, you had a field hospital set up uh, ready to go. Uh, we ended up not quite needing that, but the hospital was uh, really running near capacity. Looking back, uh, how close did things get to the Chandler Medical Center becoming overwhelmed and us uh, being in a situation that would have been even more difficult? Well, based on the information we had, we thought to protect our community, it was best to stand at those, that hospital. But that example and the incredible testing that we're providing community uh, through the parking lots around Kroger Field, and now that vaccination center, which is the most productive and efficient in the state, it reminds me of this. We are so fortunate in this bluegrass region to have all the work of those who certainly came before me. When you have a tertiary quaternary, you know, the most complicated care that can be provided at a hospital in a community of our size. When you're one of eight universities that has this broad array of disciplines, yes, from an academic health center, but all the other colleges we have on this campus, we were able to bring together the capacity, logistics, people power, know-how. I even thank those people who moved our football stadium from Stolfield uh, out to an area that has parking and space. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to do this in the heart of campus. So people drive by our campus and say, well, that's just like any other college campus. This place is remarkably unique. And we were able to put together a response that I think rivaled any that you could see in the country. It's why we can vaccinate more than 4,000 a day. It's why we've delivered over 140,000 vaccines. Uh, it's why I believe with our capacity, we can outpace this virus in terms of who we vaccinate. No entity on this campus could have done any of this alone. So to see all the groups that came together and said, what can I do? What do I need to do? Uh, that's what made this so remarkable to me. The, the teamwork was amazing. I mean, is it just the human spirit uh, when uh, faced with a, a dire situation like that that, uh, that causes people to just jump and, and say, uh, how can I help? I've been here 10 years. From day one, I recognized what I thought was a special spirit or soul of this campus. I tell people it started 156 years ago. Um, whatever confronts us, um, we're going to step up and do our part. We know we had to do more, be more, but this is who we are as the University of, for, and with Kentucky. 
There was a lot of research done as well uh, at UK uh, on COVID treatments, even the vaccine trials. Uh, as awful as all of that was, we learned uh, valuable things through all that research that was done uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, most certainly. Um, you know, given the testing that we started and um, is still underway and in fact increased in terms of our students and I applaud them for their willingness to uh, undergo this in, in a community spirit to keep everyone safe. You know, we learned that we could shorten the quarantine uh, through studies we did here, which has been very helpful. The longer one has to quarantine, you know, in many ways that deters you from uh, reporting or uh, being entirely forthcoming. So, you know, you shorten that, it's more reasonable. People get more engaged in what I would call a public health sort of culture. You've talked about brighter days ahead. You've announced uh, in-person graduations and a normal fall semester. Uh, you know, we're mindful of the setbacks that we've had all along the way during this uh, the course. Uh, do, do you go into that, you know, with a, with a very realistic uh, caution uh, about uh, the ambitious plans? Well, first of all, with commencement, we've had an incredible response. Uh, another recognition of how important that event is, especially, you know, our first generation students, um, first one to walk across that stage. Um, that that uh, gives us a, a special thrill. Now, that commencement can't be like the ones we had before. We can't assemble everybody shoulder to shoulder. Uh, depending on the demand, and we've had thousands register thus far, uh, we're going to have to have numerous events to keep everyone spaced, safe. We have to limit the number of guests each student uh, uh, can have, but we thought it was important to go through these extra efforts so that people would have that cherished memory that is part of their college experience. Get a quick answer on this. State legislature uh, has passed a budget. Uh, you know, uh, it puts about $600 million more into a rainy day fund in a fund that's worth about a billion dollars. Additional support for higher education uh, is many school after college and universities were cut for more than a decade. Do you advocate for more public investment in UK and the other uh, institutions that grant degrees in Kentucky? Well, I think we represent a remarkable return on investment across higher education and completing a degree is a real differentiator you look at uh, earnings over a lifetime uh, they they go up dramatically when one completes the degree and that's been our focus and our graduation rates have gone up uh, accordingly the legislature it looks like in this final budget uh, invested everything that they were going to put into higher education through a performance fund. And those are areas that have been our focus uh, for quite a number of years. Um, that is our ability to turn out uh, more students together, but those who are first generation, low income, minority, those who are in the STEM fields. That's what the state passed through legislation a few years ago in a performance funding model and um, we believe that's a reflection of the citizens of Kentucky and what they would like to see us do. And I'm very proud of the University of Kentucky because on all those dimensions, we've had a steady uh, climb. 
Mr. President, thank you very much uh, for spending uh, some time with us. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, out there, Kentucky fans, hope the Cats are in, back in the basketball tournament next year. Uh, that has been a bit of a disappointment, but I guess we write this off to just a, a strange year, right? I'm encouraged about that, too. All right. Thank Great you, sir. Great confidence in our leadership. Thank you. Appreciate you. And we'll be back in just a moment on WKOIT's Kentucky Newsmakers with a look at the state's unemployment fraud problem. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Unemployment problems have plagued the state during this pandemic and fraud has become a major issue. Last month alone, 80,000 claims were denied due to fraud. And the state believes up to 50% of all of the claims are bogus. As WKYT's Kristen Kennedy tells us, the problem is so bad, it's keeping many people who really need help from getting it. Thousands lost their jobs when the pandemic hit, and thousands then filed for unemployment. Brittany Blankenship's husband was one of them. So it wasn't out of the ordinary for her to find in her mailbox. Here's a letter. A letter. So it's to you. Yep. From the unemployment office. I honestly just didn't even look at it. I just gave it to my husband because I thought it was his. And he opened it and stuff. He said, it's got your name on it. I said, my name on it? He said, yeah, your name on it. And I started reading it and everything, and I was just like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Blankenship already gets help from the state for a disability. And right now, her disability check is the only income they've got. When someone filed for unemployment in her name, it put her family in jeopardy. I immediately started freaking out. I tried to contact the unemployment office, and there was no way in the world to get in touch with them. Um, and I've been emailing, I've been calling, I've been literally calling every number that I could possibly call and there is no way to get in touch with them. Blankenship found out about the fraudulent unemployment claim via letter. My fiance, she was having, she's having unemployment issues as well. BJ Hart found out online. So um, I was just kind of scrolling through mine, kind of see what I had received to kind of compare and contrast. And that's when uh, I noticed that something was off as far as it looked like somebody had been trying to take unemployment out this year, which, you know, I haven't done it in almost a year. What scammers did was change his bank information and his routing number. I tried to get a hold of the unemployment office. Um, that was unsuccessful. Uh, tried to email uh, the unemployment office. That was unsuccessful. Um, so then I went as far as uh, contacting the the police department. It's frustrating to uh, to know that something like this is going on and I'm sure I'm not the only one. He's not. A fraudulent claim was filed in my name and I found out because I got a letter in the mail at my home address saying that I qualified for benefits. Even people who work for the state are getting claims fraudulently filed in their names. When I checked with UI, it had already been flagged as potentially fraudulent and not to pay out until that was resolved. This is Amy Kubich, general counsel for the governor of the state of Kentucky. She says the state denied 80,000 claims last month alone. National estimates, and we think this held for us, were that about 35% of claims being filed on the um, federal pandemic-related claims were fraudulent. That's probably now in excess of 50%. Does that number concern you? 
Oh, it's it, it's very concerning. Um, it's concerning from us for us from a resource standpoint that as these um, programs are extended, the fraud percentages only seem to go up. They're going out too. We found fraudulently filed claims outside of the Commonwealth. Henry, have you ever worked in the state of Kentucky? No, I've never stepped foot in Kentucky. Henry Nahaluski lives in Utah. He talked to us only after spending three weeks trying to fix a fraudulent claim with the Kentucky Unemployment Office. It's very frustrating because, A, you know, I want to clear this up. Um, I don't want, you know, the liability or taxes or anything else that comes with, you know, additional money, additional income, especially fraudulently applied for. But also, it really ticks me off that someone, you know, pulled off the scam and is making money off it. My name is Michelle Joyce, and I'm calling from New York. Someone in that lovely state of Kentucky opened up an unemployment insurance claim in my name and stole my Social Security number. Michelle Joyce left us a voicemail about her fraudulent claim. I have been trying to get in touch with unemployment in Frankfort, Kentucky for three days and no one picks up the phone there. We called her back. She says the state still hasn't. So while we have an administrative problem in sorting that out, we do not have a large problem as far as fraudulent funds being actually paid out. Some have slipped through, but at this point, we think it's at most 1% to 2%. Coverage recommends people file fraud reports through the state's unemployment website. There she was. While Blankenship waited for the unemployment office to fix her fake claim. We found out the woman's uh, email address, her phone number, her bank information. She managed to track down her scammer. I went to all of her information and stuff, and I just literally went through everything. A woman from out of state on social media. She almost screwed my whole entire life up. She's got all the information to give to the state if they ever call her back. In Montgomery County, Kristen Kennedy, WKYT. Quite a story and a situation that is ongoing. And one of those uh, fraudulent complaints uh, targeted WKYT and one of our employees. You can see Kristen's report on that on WKYT.com and in the WKYT News app. We sure want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. Welcome to spring. Make it a good week ahead.